0: Welcome to Cedar Mill online. we're We're so excited that you've joined us this morning. My name is Nick Mastered. I'm the pastor to high school students and to young adults. and I just want to start by giving honor where honor is due this morning. And in, in this strange time, I just want to to acknowledge that we are so blessed to have Pastor Dave and Pastor Paul and the elders and just the whole staff crew that we have here at Cedar Mill. If you haven't caught on yet, these circumstances that we are in, they're not ideal, but I've been so encouraged at how the church has been creative with meeting practical needs in this time. I, I, from the bottom of my heart, feel so honored to be a part of this church family here. And let me just say that the very best things happening in our church family are not the plans of the staff, but it's actually the, in the life of the people. It's in you guys. I, I've heard story after story of God moving in and through our church, through you guys watching right now. And I believe people are going to come out of 2020 saying, if it wasn't for that year, I wouldn't know Jesus the way that I do today. And my encouragement to you is this, keep pressing in, keep loving your neighbor, keep fighting the good fight. And as Dave preached last week, continue to be the salt and the light in this world. Um, And and let me encourage you with this verse that found in Galatians six, verse nine, don't grow weary in doing good. Keep pressing in family. Today, we're going to spend a few minutes studying a single word that we find in scripture. And this word, it's not something that we use in our daily language. I'd be surprised if you use this too often. This word, it's, it's, I would say, more than a word. It's actually a practice or a way of life that we find in Scripture. And this word or this lifestyle or this concept that I want to converse with you about today is Selah. Selah. It, it's a word that we find 74 times in Scripture, and 71 of those times is found in the book of Psalms. And scholars can't seem to narrow this word down to one specific meaning. It seems to have several wor- like root words and several references and meanings. But I believe this word or this concept or practice is actually prophetic to the day and age in which we live. Just to get the ball rolling, I want to share with you some passages that, that this word is used in just to give you some context in which it's used. So let's look at Psalm 85 verses 1 and 2. It says, you, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. Selah. Psalms 143, one through six. Lord, hear my prayers. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment for no one, living in, for no one is living in righteousness before you. The enemy pursues me, he crushes me to the ground, he makes me dwell in darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me, my heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago, I meditate on all your works and consider all that your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you, I thirst for you like parched land, Selah. And then Psalm 3, where we're going to be spending most of our time today, says this, Selah is actually used frequently in this one. Listen, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Selah. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. Selah. Verse 5, I lay down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Selah. On the software I use for for Bible studying, if you come across this word and you hold the cursor over that word, it actually says in the fine print, a word of uncertain meaning. Although it's been a huge debate and journey of figuring this word out, I believe there is a reason for why it doesn't specify one, one word or one meaning. And the reason is because it refers to a bunch of different things. It means so many things that it can't be narrowed down or translated into a single English word. And we we leave it in the Hebrew form of the word because we don't have a word to attach it to. So today I want to kind of unpack this word a bit, Not, not just for fun, for kicks and giggles, but my hopes are that it would be a moment of refreshment for your soul. I know that you are tired. You, on the other side of the screen, I know you're tired. I know life isn't the way that it was once before. I know you're probably irritable, whether you realize it or not. But, but please lean into the next several minutes and, and soak in the realities of this God-breathed word. Selah is commonly used as a musical term. Since we read it in the Psalms, it's often seen or viewed as a rest or a break. It's a word that adds suspense. So like, like a melody with highs and lows from like loud to soft, Selah is the, is the resting time. It's the downtime, it's when the song takes a turn, it's when all the chaos of the previous sound is silenced and the audience can reflect and the musicians can rest and then it starts a new direction. Doesn't a new direction sound nice right now? Doesn't that sound like something that our soul is desperate for? When you think about it, our world is very much like a song. Many of you are probably like, yeah, it's a really annoying song right now, but it's still a song. And the only thing that we often miss in our culture, if we aren't careful, is the Selah. If we get caught up in the noise and the chaos of this world without taking time to, to pause and to breathe before the next season, we grow tired. We run out of breath in a metaphoric way. Our, our fingers grow tired from the harp and our lungs grow tired from singing. And if you think about it, it actually wouldn't be a song if there were no pauses or dynamics or moments of reflection. It would actually just be an annoying, never-ending noise. If we don't allow rest to take place in our lives, we will walk to the beat of our culture. We will walk to the beat of our culture and, and, and not to the beat of the Spirit. right? And I would say Selah is one of the ways that we walk in tune with the Spirit. It's very much like the easy yoke that, that Jesus invites us to put on as God walks alongside us, bearing the weight of the world for us. Also, selah is, is used in terms of measurement. A, a lot of scholars believe this word came from another form of selah, which means to stop and measure. So when we selah, we, we stop and measure. I, I absolutely love this imagery because it's a moment in our lives where we get to pause, to look back, to gauge how things were, how things are going. It's, it's to, to weigh what has been going on and then to adjust accordingly as we look forward. When we say when love, we, we, we stop and measure our lives and it gives us margin to regain a biblical perspective. As followers of Jesus, it's so crucial for us to sit with the Lord, to take in the world and measure up the pain of the world, to sit in that for a moment and measure that up with the goodness of God. It's when we look at the difficulties of this season and then adjust our lives in order to respond creatively in the next season. It it gives us a chance to stop and regain new vision about what God is doing. When we're going through a difficult season or a joyful season or a pandemic, it's absolutely necessary that as followers of Jesus, we stop and recognize the ways that God has been with us through it all. And ask the big questions like, God, what are you doing? Let me ask you this. When was the last time you intentionally stopped to weigh what is going on? What has been happening? I don't just mean to stop and and gripe and say 2020 is the worst, but, but to really slow down and reflect on what God is doing and start thinking through what's next and ask God what he is up to in the midst of it all. Selah is the art of pausing to reflect. One scholar compared selah to a comma, like in a sentence. When, when a comma, when, when it, or when it comes to grammar, commas are so important. They, they completely change the meaning of a sentence. Think about it. I have a dog named Kevin. And just to illustrate this, I often say, go eat, Kevin. If I were not to put a comma there, that would mean something very different for Kevin, right? I would be saying, go eat, Kevin, Right? The, the the same words without the comma mean two very very different things. In this case, commas literally save lives, like they mean very different things for my dog Kevin. And I think when we don't have the structure or the rhythm of pausing in our lives, we run the risk of missing out on the fullness of what God is doing in and around us. I wonder if some of the greatest struggles we face in this life could be avoided if we would learn the art of pause and reflection. I heard a story recently that I want to share. And I want to preface that this is speculation, there there is truth to it, but there are also many other circumstances involved in this story. But one author was writing about the differences between World War II and Vietnam. And this author was explaining the differences between the transition that they both experienced when going back to real life and the effects that it had on them. When, When World War II ended, soldiers had months to process the war as they were anticipating a reunion with their family. And because they were on ships, they were sailing, they were, in a sense, forced into a time of Selah, a a forced time to reflect and process, a time to laugh and cry, a time to regain vision and perspective, a time to measure and adjust, a time to spend time with those that they were at war with, a time to to look at the ocean and to contemplate. In Vietnam, due to the airplane and many other factors Soldiers were actually back to normal life in a matter of moments. This author connected the effects of having time to reflect and process things individually and in community and the impact that it has on a person. A time to process and reflect can have huge effects in our lives. Experiencing a difficult season of life without the proper reflection time can have drastic effects on our lives. We need a structure of rest and reflection. And that's what Selah does. Selah actually gives our lives some structure. And structure causes us to grow and thrive. If you know anything about grapevines, they actually seek out and grow towards structure. It's in their nature to grow and move towards a structure of some sort because they somehow know that they cannot support themselves without a structure. A grapevine understands that without structure, it will not flourish. And God has created us similarly. Jesus actually says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will produce fruit. Selah gives us structure to remain in Christ like we were created to. We can only remain in Christ when we give ourselves time to stop and reflect and allow him to be the support our lives are in need of. Producing fruit in our lives isn't about trying really hard. I heard it this way, a fruitful life is a byproduct of the right work, not necessarily just really, really hard work. That's why we have what is called spiritual disciplines. Selah, much, much like a spiritual discipline, it gives us structure to grow and to flourish. And I would say to narrow it down in short, Selah invites us to make room for God to make room for God. I think the primary concept or the idea behind Selah comes down to making room for God, making room in our schedule, making room in our bodies, making room in our mental real estate, making room in our ears to hear. Our society in so many ways lacks the ability to create margin. Yes, we were forced to slow down, but I think many of us at this point, we have found other things to distract ourselves with. And with the little margin that we have, we're tempted to kind of oversaturate it all with the noise of the culture or, or to just remain in a state of frustration or irritability. And I think that the church, we, we have a calling to rebel against that, against the patterns of the world. We need to rebel against the temperature of life that the world sets for us. We need to be people who choose to make room in our lives where we actually open ourselves up to the realities of God in ways that we otherwise would be unaware of. When, when we Selah, we actually gain a proper perspective. When we Selah, we regain a biblical understanding of the situation in front of us. When we pause and we come face to face with God, we come out the other side reminded of who God is. We come out thinking that's the God who's in control. Oh yeah, he will never leave me or forsake me. How could I have forgot that? We come out the other side reminded that he has already defeated sin and death. We're seeing a lot of that these days, sin and death. But, but we come back to the reality, oh, he has defeated that. One of the greatest ways we combat the chaos of this world is by stopping and regaining a kingdom perspective. Fixing our attention on God by resting and breathing in the realities of God in the midst of our broken world. I think there would be nothing more powerful in our lives than learning the art of thinking and speaking the truths of God into our current situation. you got to see this shift in Psalm 3. David in the psalm, he, he begins with one perspective and he ends with a completely different perspective. He, he processes things. He rests, he reflects, he refocuses. And listen how this psalm shifts gears. In Psalm chapter three, verse one, listen to this. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. There's people taunting him. He has enemies after him. Then it says, Selah. He stops, he pauses, he reflects. He takes a deep breath. He he focuses on God. Verse three, but you, Lord, listen to the shift here, but you, Lord, you're my shield, my glory, the one who lifts my head. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. He's reminded of who God is. Then it says Selah. He sits in that for a moment and and reflects, oh yeah, God, that's who you are. Pauses, reflects. Verse five, I lay down and sleep. I wake up again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. That sounds very different from the beginning of this, right? Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. And then he gets kind of like, he gets a little big chested here. He's like, break the teeth of the wicked. For From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessings be on your people. Selah. He sits in that. He pauses. He reflects. He rejoices. This psalm begins with sheer panic, and it ends with confidence that victory will be had. That's the power of Selah, that he believed that deliverance is on the way, that God blesses his people, that triumph is on the horizon regardless of the foes that surround him. Friends, let me ask you, what area of life are you desperate for a new perspective? What area of life do you need a new vision? Where do you need to pause and regain direction? Where do you need to look back and adjust accordingly? At CIY, the high school camp that we attend every summer, we practiced this every morning this last summer. And, and it was probably one of the best practices I've ever seen our students engage in. There, there were 3000 students and every morning across the entire campus, it was completely silent with all the students practicing this. And they turned Sela into kind of an acronym, and they explained it this way. So Sela S-E-L-A-H, stop, exhale, look, ask, and hear. So stop everything you're doing. Stop what you're doing. Put your phone down. Slow your mind down. Stop, Stop your chaotic world for a moment. This might be the hardest part. And then exhale. Take a deep breath. Inhale the, the the love of God. Exhale love to God. Just Just get your breathing on track here. And then look, take an honest look at how these recent days have been affecting you. Look for ways in which God has been there. Look at how you've been responding and treating people. Then look ahead. What's coming up? How can you gain perspective in order to live intentionally in the coming weeks? Look backwards, look forwards, and then ask, Ask God whatever you feel inclined to. Ask God what he's, what he's doing. Ask God, how do I respond? Ask God, what do I do now? Ask God, what's ha-? Ask God. And then spend time hearing. Hear him out. That might be sitting in silence. That might be listening to a song. That might be reading scripture. It's a way of practicing the two-way conversation that we call prayer, where we speak to God and then we give him room to respond and minister to our hearts. Before you step back into whatever your life looks like today, I want to invite you to Selah, to, to stop, to exhale, to look, to ask, to hear, to give God mar- margin to work in and through you. There will be promptings on the screen as we practice this, but let's go ahead and Sela together. So first let's stop. Exhale. Inhale God's love for you. Exhale love to God. Spend some time looking. Look, where have you been? What has this week been like for you? The joys, the pains. And look forward. What's coming up? You need to be prepared for what's God have next in store for you. Then ask God some questions. What are some things that you're wondering? What's going on in your mind? Feel free to ask God anything. There's nothing that's that's out off limits for God to ask Him. So go ahead and ask God some questions. make some room to hear. Hear God, what he might say. That might be in silence. You might hum a tune. I don't know what it might be for you, but spend some time just listening to what God might be saying to you. I pray that this was a, a refreshing time for you. Uh, may we continue to be people who choose to make room for God in the world that we find ourselves in. At this time, I'm going to ask you to, to go ahead and grab some elements that you might use for communion, because Pastor Dave is going to go ahead and lead us in this time. We love you guys. We can't wait to see you in person. We hope you have a great rest of your day.